Christmas bells. Good evening. Hope everybody's doing well today on this wonderful and beautiful Sunday afternoon and uh, or evening, I guess now we're at. But uh, trust everybody as well, and uh, hopefully we got you some rest in this uh, this afternoon. I know I was able to get my uh, uh, Sunday uh, afternoon nap in. Of course, that always feels good. <laughs> I uh, Sorry, I was going to um, uh, do something a little different this evening. And because uh, Wednesday I did it in front of our Christmas tree and everybody read a lot to those beautiful. And I was either going to try to do that or uh, my main goal, I was going to do it outside in front of our window. And I still may try to do that, maybe Wednesday or something. But it really wasn't that cold out. And I thought, well, I'll do it from the window. I was going to put a black curtain up so I wouldn't be distracted by people on the road or people driving by uh, uh, wondering, you know, staring at what I, what I was doing. And uh, couldn't find my black curtain, couldn't find all my stuff. I, I tore the house apart. Can't find my green screen, can't find anything. And uh, uh, I was just able to find these uh, clips uh, my mom was needing. So, but I, uh, so by in the process of doing all that, I lost track of time and I couldn't even get my stuff over in front of the, the uh, Christmas tree in time to even do that, so I apologize. But I was, I was trying to want everything to look all Christmassy and uh, uh, for this evening, and uh, stuck with my with me being in my office, so I apologize. Uh, but hey, at least uh, at least I'm festive anyway. <laughs> so you got my pretty festive face to look at. So well, let's look at our opening scripture this evening. And uh, again, I apologize. I was really wanting at least at the very least be in front of our Christmas tree. So I, I hate I didn't didn't make it there. Uh, Philippians four, and I think uh, we had to look at uh, six and seven this evening. And uh, uh, maybe uh, we might even go past that. But or the opening scripture this morning. Um, Hey there, Mr. Debray. Uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things. Man, what a powerful uh, passage of scripture right there. And I think that is something that definitely needs to be heard and read right now, probably more than ever. Uh, prayer request-wise, if you have any, of course, uh, those watching on uh, Facebook here, uh, if you want to put those in the comments, and I'll be happy to address those. Uh, now, remember, uh, unless you're directly on my personal Facebook I will not see your comments if you type something in. Uh, now, um, even then, it's sometimes it'll be hit and miss. There's been times people type something and I didn't even see it till after it was over with. Because remember, I use a program that goes to Facebook. I'm not actually on uh, Facebook, so that's why I can see who's watching. And sometimes, sometimes I might even see your comments. So don't please, I don't feel be like, well, man, he was rude. He mentioned what I said or something, you know, and and it's, you know, it's nothing. Not, not nothing intentional. I can't read it if I don't see it. So I just want to let everybody know that. But anyway, you still put your prayer request on there. And if I don't see it, then you can still all uh, put the, uh, um, everybody still come together and pray on those concerns. Uh, but um, uh, Mr. DeBray says prayers for tonight. Pray hard for our world and America. We need it. God bless. Thank you, Mr. DeBray. We definitely, well, our country definitely needs prayers right now. 
Uh, also, let's pray for Wendy Lee, Kim Penix, Jane Kitchings, Murph, Martin Lefford, Johnny and Nora, Morris and Carolyn, Larry and Dinah, Larky and Nancy, Chuck and PK, Glenn Johnson, Joe Franklin, PT and Sherry, Linda and Ralph, Jackie and Rhonda, Ron Thompson, David Stennett, Kathy Young, Kirk Young, Dunny Cutshaw, Tracy Kent, Pat Brown, Preston Kellner, Jamie Arnold, Amanda Vanover, Chris Pascal, Aaron Chesser, uh, and uh, uh, they got everything that I see here that needs to be addressed at this time. So uh, Darlene Barker says uh, family as well. Also Murph, Ron Thompson, his family, Wendy and family, Nancy and Larky, Chuck and BK, Larry and Donna, Vic and Matt, Linda, Brandy, COVID patients in our country. Thank you, Mrs. Barker. Appreciate that. And uh, uh uh, and Mr. DeBray said they're already setting up places for the vaccine and giving it to people. So, all right, good deal. Well, let's go ahead and go for the Lord of Prayer. Dear Father, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, be with us. Lord, be with us this evening and guide us and direct us in your word. Uh, Lord, thank you for the forgiveness of sins, your grace, your mercy. And Lord, as we lift up each and every one of these prayer requests and concerns, uh, those mentioned and unmentioned. And Lord, I just pray that uh, you'll be with our brother in Christ, Ron Thompson, Lord. I know he's really been through a lot right now. And Lord, help him spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, bring healing upon him. With Martin Ledford, Lord, I know he's uh, in the hospital right now, dealing with this uh, congestive heart failure. And uh, Lord, give him peace uh, in this difficult time and give him strength and healing. And, uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you be with those who are battling these COVID issues and those who tested positive and those who may be waiting the results. And, Lord, either way, uh, just pray that you bring healing upon them and uh, that they'll be okay. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you be with those who are dealing with loss this holiday season. I know that uh, the holidays can really be a difficult time for a lot of people, and, uh, people battling loneliness and Lord, be with them. Lord, your presence be known and felt. Give them a peace that can only come from you. And watch over and protect them. And Lord, I do pray that you be with Kim Penix and Wendy Lee and Jane Kitchens and Roger Winters. And uh, Lord, I do pray that you'll be with uh, Ginger Hood and, uh, uh, Lord, so many others uh, that uh, we have read about this evening. And, uh, Lord, let you will be done in each and every situation. Lord, we thank you. We love you and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, my friends, and uh, appreciate y'all uh, uh, chiming in there and uh, giving those prayer requests and concerns. And uh, I'm trying to think here, announcement-wise, of course, uh, uh, I'll be doing my devotions uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, won't be on Tuesday because it is my birthday, and uh, I'll just be honest with you, I'm thinking about taking a day off and just sleeping in, <laughs> so I'm just going to be honest with you, I just want to, might just be a little lazy on my birthday, but uh, don't know, we're still waiting to see what's going to happen, but I, uh, uh, so I may not do that on Tuesday, but the rest of the week I should be, be see my bright sunny face, uh, 6.15, and then uh, um Thursday, don't forget that uh, at 5 o'clock, Mr. and Mrs. Claus are going to be right here at my house, and uh, they're going to be, uh, if you've got any kids or grandkids uh, that uh, would like to talk to Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus, we're going to be right here virtually 
or they're going to be right here virtually, and uh, to be able to take uh, those requests and talk to the kiddos. So uh, be sure and, and look out for that. And then uh, if you just happen to be out in gray and on Shadden Road, you just might see Mr. and Mrs. Claus out there waving. So uh, uh, be sure and come on by and uh, see them, and uh, hopefully that will brighten your, your holiday. Uh, don't forget, a week from tonight, that's a week from tonight, that is uh, December 20th at 11.30 p.m. on WJHL, uh, uh, there will be a 30-minute uh, program uh, from Fountain of Life Bible Church Christmas program. So be sure and set your DVRs, or like Dad said this morning, your VCRs. <laughs> no, he didn't say that, but I was teasing him this morning. But, uh, but you know, uh, whatever you use to record with, you might want to set that up uh, so that you can stay up and uh, watch that uh, that Sunday night. And uh, I think it's going to be a very special presentation. You don't want to miss it. And uh, I'll be sure and uh, put out some advertisement uh, this week to remind you uh, as well. Um, and then, of course, uh, Wednesday evening service at 7 o'clock. We'll continue our study in First Peter. And then uh, on Sunday morning, 11 to 12, Dr. Vic will be bringing the Sunday morning service. And, of course, again, uh, Lord willing, that evening at 6, I'll be bringing the, uh, the evening message. So, uh, uh, no, I take that back. I uh, may not. The reason why I'm saying that, I'm actually in talks with Dr. Young. He wrote a book. Uh, thank you, friend. She said happy birthday. Uh, he wrote a, a little children's Christmas story, and I told him I wanted to uh, uh, record that uh, and uh, or have him. He may, may even have him do it live. But uh, either way, I want to show that either Sunday night or Wednesday night. So, uh, uh, so it'll either be Sunday or the uh, Sharon says all that chair. Does that bother you, Sharon? There you go. You like that, Sharon? So, but, uh, I love to torment my mother-in-law. It brings me great joy. So either Sunday or a uh, week from Wednesday, uh, not for Christmas Eve, uh, we're going to have Dad uh, read his uh, story that he written. So don't know for sure just yet which night we're going to air that, but be, be assured it'll be either Sunday or next Wednesday. So be on the lookout for that. So uh, he did a wonderful job on that, and uh, you just so you don't want to miss it. So. Darlene Barker said, Amen, Sharon. Well, you go, girls. <laughs> I need a new chair anyway. This thing's wore out, and it's even the, the, the Naga hide is peeling off of it, so I need to break down and buy me a new chair. There you go, mother-in-law. That's what you can get me for Christmas, a new office chair. <laughs> All right. Well, let's look at our uh, scripture uh, this evening our, uh, that we're going to be looking at. You know, it's one thing I told Dad uh, this morning. God's Word is so uh, incredible and so amazing. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of verses I think people just, you know, they, they kind of just rush through and read or, or they may know and uh, they don't really get into the, uh, to the depth uh, of uh, a lot of these verses. And so many of God verses of God's Word, it's just so deep with uh, theological understanding and so deep with meaning uh, in how you talk about, you know, Paul talked about those that are on milk, those are baby Christians, those that uh, uh, are, that are on meat, uh, those seasoned Christians who need that, that meat. And you talk about a, a rich steak, if you will, or prime rib, you know, it is this verse that we're going to read tonight and be studying is so, so rich uh, with, with so much uh, under, that we need to learn and understand 
And, it, and what amazes me, how, what is so neat is how one verse can lead to another verse, which leads to another verse, which leads to another verse. I mean, it just amazes me uh, in how you can glean and learn so much just from one single verse. And uh, it is, uh, so let's look at that this evening. Uh, we're going to look at Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. So if you have your uh, Bibles handy, and uh, uh, be sure to get those out and read along. That is Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. That just dawned on me. I did not make a slide uh, for uh, you guys to read along. I'm always good about that. I guess where I got sidetracked trying to find my stuff uh, to set up for this evening, I forgot. I'm sorry. Uh, Philippians 1, 6. And I am sure, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. How awesome. Let's have a quick word of prayer. Therefore, Lord, we thank you and love you and praise you. Uh, Lord, again, uh, we just come for your presence. And Lord, just pray that, you pray that you will be with us. Guide us and direct us in your word this evening. Help us to learn. Help us to glean. Uh, Lord, help us to apply it for spiritual growth and understanding. Lord, be with us this evening. And lead God and direct us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. So, you know, uh, we look at this verse. Now, I want to focus on a couple of things first, okay? Now, this is uh, truly a teaching. It's not a uh, uh, fire and brimstone on fire uh, uh, preaching, but, uh, but uh, this is a teaching. But we look at this here, and I, am, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Now, let's look at this here. Now, we're going, we're going to go back and look at this in a little more depth. But um, uh, it says, at the day of Jesus Christ. Now, there is this uh, these things, these archaic things that man used to use long before computers called books. And uh, I don't know if people know, remember those things or not. Uh, they um, uh, were used uh, before Google. And uh, there are... Of course, you know, I've got to be in a smart alley, but it is, uh, or facetious, or however you want to word it, but it is, uh, there's a, what's called a concordance, and you can look up uh, different words. You know, I, my dad, in fact, he uh, he got me a nice concordance uh, when I was in seminary, and uh, it's something, something he's always used a lot of, but uh, but you can look, use a concordance, you can use something, like, and, you know, uh, just like you would use Google, you know, you look up the word day, or Jesus Christ, or something like that, you look in those words, and, and how the, just looking up the word day, uh, is, uh, can lead you to, and show all the different scriptures, uh, that, uh, uh, refer, uh, to that particular word, uh, Fred Perry said, rapture of the church, good job, Miss Fred Perry, that's exactly what we're talking about in regards to the day of Jesus Christ. That's what exactly what we're looking at and what we're going to refer to. So, with that said, uh, like I say, you know, when you use that concordance, it, it leads you to a lot of different scriptures. As a result, uh, we're going to look at a lot of um, uh, verses this evening, okay? And so, you know, that's one thing, when it comes to God's Word, I'll get it up here where you can see it. When it comes to God's Word, we need to make sure that we're using it. You know, there's no, nothing worse uh, than having dust on your Bible, all right? And we, so we need to make sure that we are using God's Word, and we're using it efficiently and effectively. And so uh, that's why, you know, it's important, you know, there's, you know, there's a, I'm going to be looking at a lot of verses this evening. 
it's amazing that there are churches out there who barely ever crack open a Bible in their services. That's a little scary, and that's a little unnerving uh, that there are churches like that out there. And that's why it's important. You know, if you come to Fountain Life Bible Church, you're going to use your Bible. You know, uh, I know that uh, a lot of people get on dead and I because uh, uh, we're, we're, we're pretty quick to announce the, the scripture and verse, but then we'll read it by the, before they even get to it to, to read along. So I apologize for that. And it makes it particularly difficult uh, when I'm on uh, uh, this virtual only like this, because when I'm in, an, in, in the pulpit, I can see people, you know, as they're looking and I, and I can wait they get to that that where they need to be but when i'm on here i don't know if you're founded or not so i just have to just guess and go for it uh the you know the one thing here of course there's a couple of things going on here uh, fran was talking about the rapture of the church and and that is true in part and also what we're looking we'll be looking at too is our eternal security or, or perseverance of the saints if you will and um it is um uh, uh important uh, that we understand that our salvation is indeed secure, uh, that we can't lose our salvation, and that we're not going to wake up tomorrow without our salvation. We're not going to be dealing with any, any kind of, you know, there's a lot of people out there with this Arminian view uh, that uh, if you sin or mess up, you can lose your salvation, or that because of free will, uh, that uh, we can give up our salvation, and nothing can be further from the truth. And we're going to dive into that just a little bit here momentarily, so I don't want to jump too far ahead, but that's kind of one of the aspects uh, of this verse uh, that we're going to be looking at. So, uh, so it's a lot, of, a lot going on in this one little verse here. So let's go ahead and take a look at this here. So first, let's look at, um, uh, when we look at this, uh, the day of Jesus Christ, the day of the Lord. Let's look at Isaiah 13, 6. All right, so let's jump over here to Isaiah 13, verse 6. Okay, like I said, we're going to be looking at a lot of different verses here. So have your Bibles handy or Google handy or whatever it is that you use to look up uh, Scripture. But Isaiah 13, 6 says, Well, for the day of the Lord is near, as destruction from the Almighty it will come. All right, so we're talking about here the day of the Lord. We're looking at, and Dad, you know, it's very interesting. You know, the Lord laid Philippians 1, 6 on my uh mind yesterday very very strong because uh you know we're, we're studying in first peter right now and uh the next logical step is to continue forward in our study you know i don't like to deviate from that but for whatever reason the lord would not let this go with philippians 1 6 and uh and the more i studied last night the more i was just like wow you know there was just so much there and i could i could kind of understand Maybe why the Lord laid that on my heart. The one thing that Dad was talking about this morning was a foreshadowing. Uh, and he was talking about that. And I thought, how interesting that he would hit on that very uh, 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 word, uh, foreshadowing, uh, those things that are to come. Uh, that's exactly what we're looking at here in Isaiah. It's a foreshadowing of the day of the Lord. And the day of the Lord, what we're referring to here uh, is when Jesus Christ is going to, as Fran Pear uh, as uh, put on here, she's a, a very, uh, very intelligent woman, and uh, talking about the rapture of the church. We're talking about rapture, and, you know. And as I studied it and read this, and uh, looking at these scriptures, you know, maybe that's why God laid that on my heart so strong uh, is to discuss the rapture. Uh, and we're like I said, we're talking about the rapture. We're talking about eternal security. We'll get into all that here. But is the fact that people. Uh, 
need to uh, wake up. All right, we need to get our house in order. I believe that, truly believe that we are in the last days and that we need to be ready at a moment's notice, at the twinkling of an eye, that Jesus Christ is going to come and he's going to rapture us out. Remember, there's a distinctive difference between the rapture and the second coming. So don't confuse the two. Now, there are those who would argue with me that the rapture and coming are one and the same. That is not true, and God's word is clear on that. There are two distinct uh, differences between those. So, you know, my friends, if you're plain Christian, if you're not all in for God, you better get your house in order. You better wake up. You better be prepared because Jesus Christ will return at any moment, at any time, and at any second. You know, is it not interesting? I'm not being Nostradamus and saying Jesus Christ is returning on December 22nd at 7 p.m. If you hear anybody telling you when Christ will return, turn the channel, turn it off, toss it, whatever. That's garbage because not even the angels in heaven know when Christ is returning. But I find it very interesting that uh, the star of Bethlehem, that, that, uh, that, that they said well, the, pl the planets are going to align, I forgot uh, what date that was. I had it uh, on here. Uh, I don't know if I still got it or not. But anyway, that star of Bethlehem is going to shine on that particular date uh, and uh, uh, like it did the day that Jesus was, uh, was born. And I uh, thought that was so neat. Hold on here. I'm trying to get over here. Whoa, hit the wrong thing. I'll give me one second here. Um, I... What in the, sorry, they I hate the way Facebook does everything. They change stuff and they they ruin everything. You can't find nothing anymore. It is uh, such a pain in the derriere. When you try to go find some, okay, here we go. December 21st, uh, for 45 minutes after sunset, the star of Bethlehem will shine for the first time since 1226. Oh, Linda Loss put on there December 21st for sunset. Thank you, Sister Linda. <laughs> <laughs> if I if I wasn't paying attention, I was looking at my phone. So yeah, December twenty fourth. Is that not really cool? Would that not be awesome if Jesus Christ raptured us out on December twenty fourth? Would that not that would be so cool? Would that not be awesome? You know, I'm not saying that will happen, and uh, 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 no stretch of the imagination. But I'm just saying, would that be cool? But the point I'm making is, all right. You've got people that, people out there mocking God. You got people out there denying God. You uh, claiming that God isn't real, doesn't exist. That you know, what amazes me is the lunacy of to say that Jesus Christ never existed. Even secular history recorded that Jesus Christ walked this earth. So to be to to say that Jesus isn't real is just to, to be an actual idiot. All right, and, and I know that people say, well. You shouldn't be name-calling, but that is true. That's true. Well, I mean, I should say ignorance and not, and not idiot, but you know what I'm saying. That's just true, just pure ignorance on that part of it. And, uh, but we know that Jesus Christ literally walked this earth. Jesus Christ is going to rapture us out of here. And friends, listen, we're not perfect, all right? None of us are perfect. We're all sinners. But that doesn't change the fact that we need to make sure we're living a life that's glorifying to God. Well, let me, I'm going to, let's go ahead and keep going on here. Anyway, we're talking about here in Isaiah 13, 6. Well, for the day of the Lord is near. Okay, now we can jump from there. Let's look at Ezekiel 30, verse 3. So we go here to Ezekiel. That is in the Old Testament. Ezekiel 30. Get over here. 
I can find it really quick because I got it marked. <laughs> so, Ezekiel 30, verse 3. Well, alas for the day, for the day is near, the day of the Lord. See this again. The day of the Lord is near. It will be a day of clouds, a time of doom for the nations. All right, so we're over here and see uh, serious judgment on future people. This is what we're going to see now. And, and remember, everybody's going to be judged. They, if those who are saved will be judged for those things you've done once you come to know Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. Those, and then we'll enter into the gates of heaven. But those who are unsaved, you'll be judged for every single thing you've done in the flesh. And then you'll be cast into hell. There won't be no second chances. They're going to be like, well, Lord, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I, uh, uh, like Adam, the wife you gave me messed me up. <laughs> you know, there are going to be no excuses. There's going to be nobody you can blame. And you're going to spend an eternity in hell. You know, there's people out there with this erroneous belief that I'll be given a second chance. There's people out there with the erroneous belief that say, well, God wouldn't do that. God doesn't send anyone to hell. You have the decision to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior or not. That is completely up to you. People get mad at God. They want to blame God for uh, if there, if someone close to them has died, a son, daughter, wife, husband, whatever. They want to, or best friend, they want to, they think that by denying God, they're hurting God in some shape, form, or fashion. And they're, you know, and, um, and want to, uh, uh, as, as the kids say today, throw shade. <laughs> And, uh, you know, and but hey, guess what? You're not hurting God at all. You're only hurting yourself. And, and uh, I'm telling you what, because the world has pain, the one, the one area that the one person you need to blame is the devil. That's where the source of our pain, that's the source of our problems, that and the chaos in our lives comes from Satan, comes from sin. That's where it needs to go. And I, I know I've said this probably ad nauseum, but um, you know, uh, uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman is probably my favorite contemporary Christian music singer. He, he is one of the few rare ones who have really uh, demonstrated a love for the Lord. You know, has never, or at least publicly, you've never seen anything to where he, he's uh, uh, swayed from that. But he, uh, when his daughter died, his son was backing out of the driveway, hit that little girl and killed her. And I saw him on Larry King Live. And Larry King, I watched it with my own eyes. You know, you can probably look it up. But I watched it, when it in real time when it happened. And Larry King asked him, said, um, do you blame God? And he looked straight in Larry King's eyes. He said, I don't blame God. He said, I put blame where it's due. I blame the devil. I blame Satan. And I thought that right there spoke volumes of his walk with, with God. So many people would be angry at God, blaming God, but he knew exactly where, where to put the blame. And if you want to hurt the devil, if you want to hurt Satan, live for Jesus. You live for Jesus Christ like never before. You live for God like never before. And you be a witness. You tell others that's where you're going to hurt the devil. That's where you're going to hurt Satan. But anyway, so we read this here. Well, that's for the day. For the day is near. The day of the Lord is near. It will be a day of clouds, a time of doom for the nations. Which takes us to Joel 1.15. So let's look over here at Joel uh, 1.15. Okay, let's see. We've got a lot of verses we want to look at here. Joel 1.15 says, Alas for the day. Again, we see this again. Alas for the day. For the day of the Lord is near, and as destruction for the Almighty it comes. So, again, we're seeing that foreshadowing of judgment. Okay, now this leaps us to John 5.27. Okay, it just amazes me how all this comes together. 
John 5, 27, okay? So in John chapter 5, verse 27, and he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. All right, so we see that here, giving him authority because Jesus Christ, uh, and because of the authority given to him, we can see that and understand uh, uh, all that he's discussing here. Now, um, again, we're talking about that um, uh, the complete, if you just now tuning in, we're looking at Philippians 1 uh, uh, 1 6. We're looking at uh, Fred Perry said this kind of day will last for seven years. Uh, yeah, she's, she's talking about the 70th week in Daniel 9 27. Good point, Miss Perry. I appreciate that. And um, so, uh, let's get back over here to what we are reading uh, now. Um, let's see here, there's another verse. Thought I was going to read here. Um, yeah, okay, here we go. First Thessalonians uh, five uh, in, in uh, verse uh, um, two and three. Uh, For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come. Again, we're seeing that again. The day of the Lord. We're seeing that again. Will come like a thief in the night, while people are saying there is peace and security. And then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. Now, when we look at that there, you know, the day of the Lord, the same future event we're looking at here, come like thief and I. But here's what I found very interesting. While people are saying there is peace and security, you know, right now we, we have people, uh, they think that uh, everything's going, uh, well, it depends on who you talk to, I guess you put it that way. You know, most people feel secure uh, in where they're at in their lives, their relationship, their jobs. Uh, and, uh, you know, they feel like uh, uh, tomorrow is going to be, you know, sunny and bright, if you will. Uh, again, depending on who you talk to. <laughs> but uh, my point is, people are just going on about their day-to-day -day lives. Just, you know, not, not giving a second thought. But like a thief in the night. Uh, that's when Jesus Christ, when you least expect it. You know, people have been making fun of Christians for uh, generations. You know, they say, oh, uh, excuse me, you know, that, um, you know, well, you've been saying for uh, hundreds of years or thousands of years that, uh, you know, Jesus Christ is going to return. And, uh, and so they have a flippant attitude in regards to the rapture. And so, you know, they're just going on about their day-to-day -day lives and not giving a second thought about it. But God's worth telling us right here. That just like labor pays a cup on a woman, you know, I, my wife, uh, now my daughter, when she was born, uh, we, apparently she didn't want to leave. She liked where she was at and uh, they had to induce labor. But, uh, but even by inducing labor, it didn't just automatically, you know, happen. It still took a long time. And also she'd be sitting there and fine and joking and laughing. My wife would be and, and all of a sudden, boom, but you see it in her face, uh, the sharp pains coming out of nowhere. Well, that's what we're looking at here. I mean, at, in a, in a, within a moment, you wouldn't even have a moment's notice. It's going to hit that fast or that quick. And people, I'm telling you, you know, people say, well, you're a preacher. You have to see that. You have to, you have to think like that or you have to see those kind of things. And uh, I don't, you know, I don't know how many pastors really talk about, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of pastors out there. I, I think right now the big thing is eschatology, the study of, of last days. A lot of, I know I've seen online where a lot of pastors do studies in Daniel or, Revelation, that's fine and good. You know, I'm, I'm not I'm not downing anybody that does that. Sometimes I think there could be too much of a focus uh, on that. I think there are other things that we need to uh, 
uh, to study and learn. That's just as uh, important uh, as well. But the point is, is, I think that God's trying to tell us, man, that's what God's trying to reveal to me yesterday, was is that we need, I'm trying, as, as a pastor, as the under-shepherd, uh, to get people in line, try, not so much you know in line as, 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 as like a teacher would do, you better get in line. I, well, my point is, is trying to, to get your attention that things are drawing to a close, drawing to a close quickly. Uh, you know, all I can think of is an hourglass, you know, of course, I've always seen the Wizard of Oz where she had the, the hourglass and turns it over and, uh, you know, all that movie was about was two women fighting over shoes. But anyway, it's, uh, you know, you saw those those grains of sand, you know, and, and how time was running out. I feel like the hourglass has been turned over and there's only a few grains of sand left and Christ is, is on his way. He's going to rapture us out of here. And, you know, whatever, I just hope that you're giving thought to it. I just hope that you're giving consideration, uh, that you uh, need to be, I don't want to say concerned or worried. That's, now, God knows what it is. In fact, we need to look at this with joy. We need to look at this uh, with anticipation. You know, I think some people look at the rapture as uh, to be feared. If you don't know Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, you better be afraid. I mean, without a doubt, you better be scared. But if you know Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, we should greet it with anticipation, with excitement, and with joy. But sometimes I wonder if people are greeting it at all, because everybody's just going on about their day, screwing around like a bunch of little ants, and not even giving a second thought about it. You know, we are so consumed with what's going on around us. Uh, you know, uh, I've told you this before, and I know I say it a lot, but, you know, the devil knows how to, uh, uh, to distract us, and he wants us to focus on our problems, our sins, our situation, family members, uh, our physical health. He wants us to focus on everything and anything but Jesus. That's what he wants. And boy, he knows our weaknesses. And he knows where to nail you. And he knows where to go after you. And, in, and my point is, when he does that, then it brings you down. Because when you mess up, you're brought under conviction, you're filled with guilt, you go before the Lord, like, please, Lord, I'm sorry, please forgive me, uh, you know, and then you're just beating yourself up. Oh, why did I say that? Why did I do that? Why did I, re you know, why didn't I resist? Why couldn't I, I you know, and that's the devil's laughing his head off because then, you know, it's, it's, that's the way he got what he wanted. We've got to be focused. We have to be Christ-centered, not self-centered, which is so easy to do. We have to be Christ-centered, not self-centered, looking towards the eternal, not consumed with the temporal. Now, I'm not saying not to, to be like the Gnostics and, and only uh, think about the spiritual realm and to think that the body is nothing and to be cold to those around us. And, you know, I'm not saying that at all. We need to be caring. We need to be loving. We need to show Christ to all those around us. That we need to do. We need to be uh, still concerned. We're still in this world. Even though we're, uh, we're, we're not uh, of the world, we're in the world. But um, we're of God. We're just passing through, you know. But uh, we still need to show that cross-like attitude. We need to show, show uh, concern and love to those around us. That much is true. But we need to make sure that we are where we need to be with Jesus Christ. And I'm trying to shake you. You see, I understand, you know, last Sunday I was talking about, and then I was getting a little choked up and, 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 uh, and because of my passion for the Lord to, to try to, uh, to get you excited for the things of Jesus Christ. Because I see so many Christians 
who are just going out and about their day and they just feel like it's just mundane. It's just one day running into the other. They're no longer excited about the Lord. They might have given their life to Jesus Christ. And it's just there's there's no uh, excitement anymore. And uh, uh, it is, uh, and I want to get you excited about Christ. I want you to be uh, anticipating with joy Christ rapturing us out of here, that we are looking for that. You know, you've heard Dad talk about uh, rapture practice. And uh, I'm not saying to, to get outside and start jumping in the air. If you want to do so, fine. I'm sure your neighbors would. Then again, some of you I know, your neighbors probably wouldn't be wondering what you're doing. I know some of you people, and they'd probably be like, oh, yeah, it's just Matt. You know, <laughs> they think twice about it. Sometimes I wonder what my neighbors think. You know, we, we do a lot of the church dressing up and stuff. I always wonder what my neighbors think or people driving by when they see me and Brandy dressed up, getting into our cars. You know, I, I always wonder. But anyway, uh, but look for that. Anticipate it. Be excited about it. And the hope is, not only are we looking forward to that um, eternal uh, will be with Christ, but that it will help us to work harder, to hate sin, to abhor sin, uh, to strive to have a better walk with Christ, because we know where we're going. You know, and it's you know it's so easy, like I said, to justify uh, sins, make excuses for sins. But if we, you know, if we can keep that hope, hey, man, Jesus is going to be rapturous out of here soon. I don't want to do anything to hurt the Father. I don't want to do anything to hurt Jesus Christ. You know, I, I want to do things that are pleasing, just like my earthly father. You know, I don't want to do anything to hurt him. I want to do those things that I know will make him happy. I love to, to, to tell jokes of things in the morning, get him laughing, get his day going. I look forward to that. And I want to do stuff I know is going to hurt him, you know, uh, there's nothing worse uh, in my lifetime uh, to get a voicemail and I hear dad's voice saying, call me. When I hear that, I'm thinking, oh, Lord, what have I done? So my mind is going a million miles a minute. What have I said? What have I done? Well, who's who's ratted me out? <laughs> and, and you get that call and it's like, you want me to call? What? <laughs> And he tears into me. It's like, oh, you know, it's bad enough when you mess up, but it's even worse to know that I've hurt him. And, uh, but with Jesus Christ, you know, we understand his great sacrifice. We understand what he done for us. And because of his great love and what he's done for us, we should want that much more to please him. Uh, because he saved us from our very real hell. He saved us from, from, a, from an eternal torment where he, gets, he gave us life eternal. And so we should w greet that each day with, Lord, how can I please you? Lord, how can I serve you? Lord, how can I be a better man of God, a better woman of God, a better child of God for you? You know, we're so consumed with self-pity and self-service. And, you know, it's sometimes it's always wanting to see, well, what can God do for me now? You know, that's, that's what a lot of people want. And, of course, you got all these shysters out here. You know, uh, Kenneth Copeland, I think, is one of the most evil men out there. And um, it is these self-serving evil people, and uh, and that, that may uh, upset you, but uh, I've seen some of the stuff he's he's about, and uh, he, he makes my skin crawl. Let's be honest with you. But it is um, uh, you know we it's not about what can God do for us now. Yes, He shines grace on us now, but it's you know we need to be remember we need to be servants of God. We are slaves to God. Do loss as slave. And, uh, you know, of course, slavery is, is not a, a word people like to say today, but we need to be slaves to Jesus Christ. Uh, take my yoke upon me, for it is light. You know, 
we, we want to do those things. We want to do those things to please the master. And so that's my encouragement for you each and every day. Jesus Christ is going to rapture us out of here. You're not going to have time to take a, a second glance, a second chance, a second to, to say the words, Jesus coming into my heart and save me. You ain't have a word to be able to get out one syllable. It's going to be that fast and that quick. And then you're going to be sitting there and, and people are going to be gone and you're going to be like, oh boy, you know, what have I done? You know, I love that video, and I've shown it at the church before, where it shows the pastor up there, and he's talking about the rapture. He's talking about Jesus Christ returning. And he said, Jesus Christ is coming any moment, any second, and all of a sudden, boom! And all of a sudden, the, the Bible drops to the ground, and uh, the pastor's gone, and uh, I'd say 90% of the congregation is gone. And then you got a handful of people, and they're looking around. Man, they hit their knees, and they're crying. And uh, it's too late then to be crying. Don't be crying now. Man, when I said that, uh, I don't know why. Uh, maybe think, I don't know how many people have watched the movie The Equalizer. In the, in the sequel, The Equalizer, these guys done some bad things to uh, this young lady. Well, he goes in there and whips them up once. I mean, I love that fight scene. I mean, he tears them apart. Well, he gets to the last guy, and he, he starts crying. He said, he said, don't start crying now. He said, he said it's too late. And uh, he snaps his fingers in two. But, uh, you know, after Jesus Christ raptures out of here, you start crying. Like the old equalizer said, uh, it's too late to be crying now, you know. So, um, uh, uh, Sister Lena says, pray for family and friends that don't know him before the rapture. Amen. Yes, we definitely be praying. Praying hard for those who don't know Jesus Christ. So let's look over here Second 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 6 through 10. Just real quick here. But 6 through 10 uh, says, Since indeed God considers it just to repay with affliction those who afflict you and to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us, when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus, they will suffer the punishment of eternal destruction away from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might, when he comes on that day to be glorified in his saints and to be marveled at among all who have believed. So we have a couple of things here. We have, uh, we're talking about destruction, and we're talking about relief to those who know Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior. That's what we're talking about here. We're looking at those that uh, are good for us and bad for those who reject Jesus Christ. That's what we're seeing in this verse here. Because we look at here, the flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God. That is clear what's going to happen to those who don't know Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior. But, all right, to those who are saved, all right, uh, we see here that, um, uh, let's see here, when it comes that day, we will be marveled at among all those who believe. Okay, so, uh, we, so we get to see that uh, uh, we get to receive that reward in heaven. But for those who are not saying, oh, Jesus Christ, Lord, Savior, we're going to see here exactly the flaming fire, the, uh, uh, the considered just to repay. I mean, we're seeing those words, those who are going to suffer, who don't know Jesus Christ, Lord, and Savior. I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. You know, why would you reject Jesus and take the chance? Why would you even want to take the chance uh, of, of not uh, of spending eternal torment in what we're seeing here? And look at one other thing here, 1 Corinthians 3, 
12 through 13. I told you we were looking at a lot of verses tonight. 1 Corinthians 3, uh, 12 through 13. Uh, let's see here. Uh, now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each of one of us has done. All right, so God's telling us right now, all right, there's going to be that separation of the wheat and the chaff. I mean, it's going to be clear uh, of where we're at. Uh, we'll look at one other verse here, 2 Timothy 4.8. Over here, Second Timothy four eight. All right. Uh, henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous Judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have loved His appearing. So, for, see, first we saw what's going to happen to those who reject Jesus Christ. We see the the torment. We see. Uh, uh, the the bad things are going to happen. We just read that, and then we start to see right here in Second Timothy the re the reward, the crown of righteousness, the award on that day. Okay, we get to receive that. You know, I, the Paul, Apostle Paul talked about uh, that um, uh, uh, running that race. You know, I've told you before, I love to run it. It literally it kills me. Not to be able to get outside and run. I love it. I enjoy it. I know people have a hard time believing that. Who would like to run? But I love it. I keep putting the words how much I enjoyed it. I, it would be nothing to run seven miles to 13 miles a day. Nothing. Uh, you can ask my wife. I would, you know, I, I look forward to it. Steeper the hill, the better. I loved it. After a lot of times I run out by my Aunt Linda's house. She's got a pretty steep hill where she's at. But um, uh, but my, my knees and stuff won't allow it anymore. But when I ran a road race, I prepared. I'd run extra far because when I run a 5K, three and a half miles, while well, I was used to running seven to 13 or three and a half miles, it seemed like nothing, you know. But uh, when you're in that race and your heart's pounding, you're thinking about crossing that finish line and trying to win that prize, uh, you know, and just uh, it doesn't matter really what the prize was, whether it's a trophy or something around your neck, it's just the bragging rights of, of where you placed. And uh, that's one thing that we as Christians one day get to receive the reward. We ran the race and we're going to cross that finish line and we get to look forward to that. So while we're here on this earth dealing with all this garbage that we're dealing with, keep your eyes on the finish line and look forward to your reward. Now I want to jump back over here to Philippians. I know we've been over our main verse, Philippians 1 6, but um, in our study uh, of talking about the day of the Lord, now we're going to look back over here at Philippians, uh, at Philippians chapter 1, verse 9. All right, we're still on verse 6. That's where our main focus of study is. But Philippians 1, 9 says, And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless, blameless for the day of Christ. Again, we're seeing that. Filled, filled with fruit of righteousness, that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So that's Paul's prayer for us, that we may do those things that are pure and blameless, that those things that is excellent, so we to encourage us to continue the walk and to do what is right. And so we look at that, that takes us over here to Philippians 2, 14 through 16. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God, without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. How applicable is that verse right now? All right. 
uh, generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. My friends, you know, I, when the Lord laid Philippians 1, 6 in my heart, and you start going through these verses, and you see how they, how they have one verse leads to another verse, leads to another verse, leads to another verse, and it just amazes me how when you come all the way back around right here to Philippians, you can see that here we are in the midst of, what do we do right now? We're grumbling, we're complaining. <laughs> I'm the world's worst right now. That my wife don't want me to watch the news because of my grumbling and complaining and anger and, and how uh, upset I am right now. You know, I'm not saying we shouldn't be upset. We, we, we have every right to be upset with what's going on right now. But the day of the Lord is approaching. Is that not a wonderful thing? That should excite you. All right? That should excite you to know that the day of the Lord is approaching. All right? So here we live in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. All right? We, we see this. The, the outright just blasphemy and, and just evil that's going on. These, these alternative lifestyles. I tell you, after I see another commercial with an alternative lifestyle, I just, it makes me want to just puke. I'm sorry if that offends somebody. I just, I hate it for you, but I just, it, it just, I don't want to, you know, hurt anybody who's, who's fighting and, and battling alternative lifestyle choices. I, I don't want to be uh, somebody, uh, I want to, to draw you to the Lord, not push you away, but I, it is just, uh, it, it, it just, it just, it's repulsive. Okay, I'm just, there's no other way to put it. And uh, so we see that crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Don't forget that. As Christians, we are lights in the world of darkness. Don't forget your place. Don't blend in with the rest of the world. Let your light shine. All right? Because, you know, you can't get through these hardheads who don't know Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. You can't get through these hardheads, you know. But... By being a living example, maybe being that light will draw them to Jesus Christ. And that's what we've got to do right now, is being that living example. When the rest of the world is complaining, grumbling, and upset, we're letting our light shine. Is that not a wonderful and awesome thing? It is not easy to do. The easy thing is, is to grumble and complain, because I am right there with you. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, uh, I'm so upset with what's going on in the world right now. And uh, we've got to remember, just like we're reading here, not to be the light in the world, but holding fast to the word of life, so that the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain. See, we're down here, I'm just talking about running. Running in vain uh, or laboring in vain. We're not, what we're doing is not in vain. We must keep the course. We must stay the course and do what is right in God's eyes. Like I said, it's not an easy easy path, but we've got to do that. The day of the Lord is approaching. Rapture is going to happen. All right? Now, I know there's somebody out there who's going to say, Rapture is not in the Bible. I can't believe that he is saying that. We get the word rapture from the Latin, from where we get the word, where it's talking about being caught up. That's where we get rapturo, rapture. That's where we get that. So I understand that. I know that. I don't need your emails if you uh, you're in, in comments <laughs> telling me that that's not in the Bible. We understand that. 
We try to point out where the word comes from. But we need to be prepared. We need to be that light in this world of darkness. Now, looking at this verse, again, I said it's very rich uh, with what we're looking at here. In verse 1-6, again, that is, that is our focal point. Now, we extrapolated a whole lot just in that last uh, four words, day of Jesus Christ. We look how much, how many verses pointed to the day of the Lord. Is that not amazing? To me, that is so amazing. Uh, does it, now you get what I'm talking about having meat. This is, this is meat right here. All right. There were not, this is not, this isn't milk. This is meat that we're looking at. And I am sure, all right, of this, that he who began a good work a good work in you will bring it to completion. So something that God has started, he's going to complete. All right? So that's, that we're talking about here, uh, eternal security and the perseverance of the saints. That's what we're looking at here. And uh, because what God has started, he will complete. And so there are, there's people out there, again, uh, you know, I was talking about in the beginning, who think you will lose your salvation. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. <sighs> Those who are watching online right now, uh, it, my broadcast just stopped uh, on uh, my uh, Facebook page here. I can't believe this. <sighs> Let me try this again. I don't know why it's been doing that here lately. Hold on here. Those on the website, I apologize. I tell you, it's just the old devil. That's all it boils down to. Give me just a second. All right. For those who are on my personal Facebook page, uh, I apologize. Uh, the, the live feed went down. Uh, hopefully, we're going to finish this out. We will have just a little bit of time here. And for those on the website, I apologize. It never fails. The old devil, he don't... Uh, uh, he, he don't like the uh, the word going out, so I, that's why I believe that um, that's why we have trouble with the broadcast sometimes. I think the devil wants to uh, keep the word from going out, so he wants to cut that feed, so that all those who are watching just now, all those who are commenting, all those who are doing this thing, uh, uh, have uh, now uh, are going to have to try to figure out. They, they see that it's froze up, and have to try to go back and try to find this live feed figure out what's going on. And, that, and so now they're going to may lose uh, some of the heart of what we're talking about here. And uh, and, I, and I hate that. Anyway, we're talking about the perseverance of saints, eternal security. We're talking about John Wesley, that Arminian view that you can lose your salvation. You know, in Martin Luther, in uh, his book, Bondage of the Will, uh, he discussed uh, that very topic, uh, that you can't lose your salvation. You can, it's called Bondage of the Will, uh, pages uh, 313 to 314, of that book uh, discusses that, uh, and uh, and for those who are just tuning in, we're talking about uh, we're still looking at Philippians one six, talking about eternal security. Uh, referring right now to Martin Luther uh, in his book uh, Bondage of the Will, uh, page uh, three thirteen three fourteen, uh, because he was grateful uh, because it's something he wrestled with for a long time uh, with a, with a, uh, the thought of eternal security and the fact of losing. Your salvation and understanding God's grace and God's mercy and praising God uh, in this book uh, that uh, he knew his, his, his uh, salvation is indeed uh, secure. And uh, it is said that there are those out there, I couldn't imagine uh, the, the fear that you would have to live in uh, daily 
to think that you can lose your salvation. That the, the thing that every time I sin, and I don't know about you, but I am constantly battling thoughts in my head. And if I and if and if and there are sinful thoughts, I have to battle in my head. And to think that I lose my salvation every time some sinful thought went in my head, it would be madness. How in the world you would constantly be trying to say, "Lord save me, Lord save me, Lord save me." I mean, it would, it would what a nightmare. Or to think that uh, uh, that you would uh, uh, go to bed and, and uh, wake up and, you're, and God has removed Himself from you, but God doesn't remove Himself from you. That's one thing Martin Luther talking about the bondage of the will. He refers back to John, where talks that talks about where God will not remove you from His, his mighty right hand. God's not going to remove you from His hand once you are God's. You are his. Now, you can't lose your salvation, but at the same time, we have to be careful to say, uh, once saved, always saved. And what I mean is that, no, you can't lose your salvation. Once you give yourself over to Jesus Christ, uh, you, you're not going to lose your salvation. For those who have truly given their lives to God, there may be those out there, like uh, the rocky ground, uh, who may have the appearance of giving their lives to Jesus Christ, but then they fall right away from it. You know, or those that uh, the weeds have choked out. You know, you can't say that. You know, uh, because they've not shown any fruit. They're not. They're not bear bear any witness that they have truly given their lives over to Jesus Christ. Let's look at First uh, Corinthians one seven through nine. First Corinthians one seven through nine. Let me get over here. Well, went the wrong direction. I apologize. First Corinthians one uh, seven through nine says. Uh, and we, we looked at this earlier, uh, so that you are not lacking any gift uh, as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ and we're talking about who will sustain. Christ will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay? So, uh, you know, I was talking about how one verse leads to another verse. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 through 24. 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, 23 through 24. Let me get over here. Uh, it says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. So we see right here that we are that when we come to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we are sanctified and we are blameless. All right, what a wonderful thing! So we're, again, we're going back to that eternal security that we're seeing here. Uh, we're quickly running out of time, and I hate that. I had so much more I wanted to discuss in this verse. Uh, but anyway, we see, and I am sure, all right, uh, and, and I am sure that we can count on the fact that our salvation is, will not be removed. Uh, is that uh, he, God, who began a good work in you, will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So he, now we see that it, it began a good work in you, all right? We understand that what Jesus Christ has done in our lives. We understand that Jesus Christ saved us. We understand what Jesus Christ, uh, uh, his, uh, we come to Jesus Christ, our personal Lord and Savior uh, in our hearts, uh, that uh, we are saved. Uh, the moments we understand that his uh, substitutionary atonement on the cross, his shedding of the blood, uh, his resurrection. We have, and we come to know Jesus Christ, our personal Savior, knowing that he saved us. Uh, we know that it is real and that it is true. There was a, there was something that uh, John Piper said that I, I really liked. He said it's not an inoculation 
that once we are saved, we are inoculated and therefore we're just automatically going to be uh, into heaven. Yes, once we're saved, we are, you know, we're, we're going to spend our eternity in heaven. But he said it's like dialysis. You know, Dad was talking about this morning, power in the blood. That's why I said it's so interesting how when the Lord lays something in his heart, and I, like I said, I, you know, he gave me a sermon title, but I, you know, that was only yesterday, uh, but I, he had no clue what I was going to talk about. I had no clue what he's going to talk about. But one thing Piper was talking about was that when salvation is not an inoculation from sin and death, but it is like dialysis. And I thought, wow, what a, you know, see, I worked at, I was a dialysis tech. All right. I uh, was a uh, uh, phlebotomist. I worked at a uh, plasma center for a few years. And then I worked in uh, hemodialysis. And when you hook somebody up to a dialysis machine, you're cleansing their blood from all that toxin, uh, all the fluids and stuff that their kidneys can't process, uh, all that's taken out. Uh, they, uh, you have to hook up what's called a fistula. And uh, sometimes it is your, your own vein that they use. There's a lot of pressure in that fistula. You have to stick those needles in there, and it's blood going out and blood coming in. And uh, sometimes it can be a, um, a man-made fistula. But the thing, point is, you have to come, uh, they have to come several times a week for several hours at a time to have that cleansed. Isn't it very interesting that to come, to have that spiritual growth in Jesus Christ, we have to come before him daily that because of his cleansing power of his blood to cleanse us from those toxins, cleanse those that we have to come before God daily. It's not like he was talking about, it's not an inoculation. It is like dialysis. We have to, it, is, it is something we have to do each and every day, spending that time with God, spending that relationship with Jesus Christ, having that cleansing. It only come from God cleansing us from those, those things that would destroy us. And I thought, what a very wonderful thing, something that I myself can relate to because I was there. I know what it's like for these patients to have, to, uh, uh, to have that, their blood cleansed. And what, uh, uh, what, what a better analogy, because Jesus Christ cleansed us of our sins because of the power in his blood. So very neat how things come full circle. Dad talking about uh, <clears throat> this sermon this morning and how it come back around to uh, this evening. What a powerful God we serve indeed. Let us close in prayer. If our Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, thank you for this message this evening. I hope that uh, those uh, watching found it well. They can use it and apply it to spiritual growth. And Lord, uh, thank you for all those who are watching this evening. Be with us, lead us, guide us, and direct us. Help us, Lord Jesus, to anticipate and look forward to joy the day of the Lord. Help us, Lord, to not be caught up in the things of this world with grumbling and complaining. That be that light in this world of darkness. Lord, for everyone watching this evening that doesn't know you, let him say this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill with the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Appreciate all you guys and gals watching this evening. I sincerely apologize I am uh, uh, for the... Uh, uh, the feed going down. I know if I, a few of you guys found me a little bit, a uh, little bit late as I was closing, and I, I hate that. Like I said I just know it was just the old devil himself doing that. There were a few um, comments that I didn't get to uh, uh, to read. Um, David Feathers said that's for prayers for the passing of the Rivers family mother passed away. I'm so sorry, Mr. Feathers. I will definitely be praying for the loss of your mother. I, I, I sincerely, uh, sincerely hate to hear that. Um, 
let's see here. Uh, red friends, red uh, sister Linda's. Uh, Mr. Ledford said, "Amen." We're praying for Mr. Ledford. Uh, Mr. Debray said, "When the trumpets sound and you hear them, it's too late for you." That's true. Uh, Jamie and Linda Arnold working on the relationship every day, and uh, uh, several people said uh, that's when it started buffering going out at that point, so I apologize. But appreciate all you guys and gals for watching this evening. Hope everybody has a great, wonderful, and blessed uh, week, and Lord will, we'll meet again Wednesday at 7 o'clock. Thanks for watching. God bless.